0: Hello there, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Off the Pitch. Today, we will be debating whether is Kylo Madrid the right signing for Chelsea Football Club right now. And off the bat, I must tell you, I personally like the player. I like what he brings, but but Chelsea made the deal a bit more complicated and made the deal worse in some way. But I like but I like the player in general. I think he's he's a really good talent for Chelsea that can build into the future but yeah before we get into that um like to say I will be dropping my Liverpool versus Chelsea preview tomorrow and if you have any feedback on these episodes please leave it in the question box if you're listening on Spotify and yeah let's get into why is Maca- is McCallum Modric the right time for Chelsea off the bat we have to look at the transfer fee and his wages and what Chelsea are offered to Shakhtar Donetsk. Chelsea offered 70 million euros plus 30 million euros add-ons, which equates to 62 million pounds plus another 26 million pounds in add-ons, which for me is a bit overpriced. And I'll get onto my thoughts later. Um, 97,000 pounds per week. So Chelsea aren't overpaying him in terms of wages. So that means he has to work. I'm, I'm assuming he has bonuses because I don't think that they would offer him that less, especially since we paid 100 million euros for this player. I'm guessing a, we're paying add-ons, bonuses to him, personally. Once he starts performing well, so then we don't overplay it. So then he has to work for his his income, which I find pretty good, to be honest. And looking at his stats, he's he's only had one really good season. However... He scored three goals in Champions League in six appearances. He scored forty-five percent goals in the in the league since the Ukrainian league started, which for me I thought it was pretty good. So he is clinical in some way. I would say we, this kind of suggests to me that he is clinical. But we have to see that with Chelsea. We we don't know yet. Um, he scored sixty-three percent um, of of Shakhtar Donetsk goals in the Champions League, and again. Suggested me that he is clinical. He knows how to shoot. Uh, yeah. Two assists in the Champions League also. Uh, yeah. I would say pretty pretty good stats for a 21-year-old. However, it comes with a few complications of the transfer fee making this deal a bit worse than I expected it to be. Because initially, we thought McCombojic was going to go to Arsenal. Uh, it looked like he, he was following... Uh, He was watching Arsenal games, he was talking to Mikhail Arteta and Zinchenko from um, Arsenal since he is a Ukrainian and they have a a Ukrainian link. Uh, However, Arsenal couldn't get the deal with line, even though um, the the chief executive of Shakhtar Dinesh did say that Chelsea and Arsenal's fee were about the same. Arsenal was 70 million euros plus 25 million euros, that was their last proposal before Chelsea swooped in and got Mikhail Modric, which to me sounds like Chelsea, again, are presenting to him the long-term project. And and again, the the chief, the chief executive accepted Chelsea's proposal because of the add-ons. The add-ons for him thought um, Chelsea's were more achievable since, the, since it was related to winning the Champions League or winning the Premier League. Which to me sounds like good business from Chelsea. But should we really be overpaying for Medric? And the next segment we'll be talking about my thoughts on this deal, my full thoughts on this deal. Firstly, I would like to start with the positives, what I think we can take out of this deal. Is Chelsea have signed a young talent, and I rate him a lot because first of all he has pace. He apparently he broke uh, Shakhtar Donetsk's, um speed record, which was 30, 34.9 kilometers per hour, at one point in, uh, the Shakhtar game versus Celtic, where they drew one one, and for me that sounds like, pretty good, a pretty good, a really extremely fast player, because I feel like Chelsea they don't have we don't have, a Kyle Walker that can, go past the lines that quick, and I think Mikhail Mudrik will bring that to Chelsea, or like a uh, Salah that will that has that turner pace that can drive past defenders with this pace. Even though we have Pulisic and Raheem Sterling, they've all been average performances. They don't they don't bring that much pace to the team. However, I think with this signing we will have more pace injected to the side. Um yeah, he looks young, but that's another positive we can take from this is that he has signed on an eight and a half year deal, which means a positive we can take is he will He's going to sign until he's 29 years old. That is a long time by right now. Like 2030. What we can take away from this is that if we do decide to sell him in the future and he does play well, we will, we'll have a higher fee that can, pe- teams will have to pay higher to actually get him. Uh, the cons of having an eight year contract is if he does fail, we will be stuck with him for. For to twenty thirty, which for me sounds, and and moving back to Pudlak and William Sterling and all those attackers we bought—Havertz, Pudlak, Sterling, Lukaku—all those players, Morata—they've all—they've all staggered. They don't play, they don't play to their full potential like they did in other clubs. Which to me sounds scares me a bit because we don't want because we don't want to have this player if he's not going to play well for the next couple of years. However, since since for me, we are under a different manager now, we haven't had a chance for him to get his players. So once Graham Potter got Mudrik, I think we will start to see whether the attackers that we bought will stagger, or will they actually perform well, or will they thrive in, in a Chelsea shirt? However, in Thomas Hugo's or you could say Frank Lampard's time, we didn't all, all the attackers he bought mostly staggered, I would say. And we need to start seeing progress because if we don't find if we don't help the help Mudrick live up, live up to his full potential, we'll be stuck with them for the next eight years, which is or even six years. So let's say first season doesn't play well, second season doesn't play well, third season doesn't play well. He still has five to six years of his contract left. And no team is going to pay, is going to buy out that contract because it, it, it's, lot, it's a lot of years left. However, if he does play well, then we can hold on to him longer, which is kind of like a risk. And that's what businesses usually do. They usually take risks. to, And if the risk doesn't pay off, then it obviously impacts the club in some ways and and this a pro we can take from chelsea having a eight-year contract is splitting the costs when ffp is measuring on how much we're spending and how much we're uh, making in revenue uh i'll get this and i'll get more into this later in a different episode that we'll be coming out later today so make sure you stay tuned for that uh when teams when teams buy players, FFP usually splits the costs over the contract that they have. So for example, Mudric, 88 million euros. FFP divides it by the contract, so it'd be eighty eighty million euros divided by eight, which would be ten million euros a year. That means technically this year we've only paid 10 million euros and FFP, financial fair play will only count it as 10 million euros, not 88 million. And to me, to, to me, it seems like good business and good thinking by Chelsea. But again, it comes with a risk of if the player doesn't play well, then we're going to have to hold on to him for a lot longer. And to, to be honest, I think, I think he will thrive. That's my personal opinion. I think he won't be like those attackers, because I feel like we have a different manager now. And... The one the attackers we bought in the summer or the year before that, those are not Graham Potter attackers. Those are Thomas Tuchel, Frank Lampard attackers. And once we truly see if Graham Potter signings can actually thrive in Chelsea shirt, then maybe that's when we can start measuring these these attackers that he's bought in for us, and we can start, you know, thinking, oh, maybe maybe he is he is actually telling Todd, Todd Bowley. To get mudrick it's not just tarboly uh buying pl- players that are they're on the market and, and other teams trying to buy because recently boldly has t- been trying to get players that other clubs have wanted felix uh F- jao felix manana and them wanted him turns out we got him to be honest i think jao felix as I mentioned before i don't think Potter actually wanted him. I think it was mostly Bowley who pushed for the move. However, I think Mudrick, I think it would have been Brian Potter because I don't think Todd Boley would have been willing to spend that much money at, even like even if... Because we've spent a lot of money before and I don't think he would be willing to spend a lot more money on Mudrick if Brian Potter didn't say so. And that's just my thoughts on it. That's, yeah, and that's basically my thoughts on Mudrick. So let's get into the, get to another episode. Overall, I think Modric will, I think to answer the question, is he the right signing? I would say yes, to an extent. I wouldn't say, oh, he's definitely the right signing, the signing we definitely need. As we need to fix our midfield and we need to find a backup for our right back, even though Reese James is back in training, as we saw yesterday. Um... I think if we had not paid a hundred million for Modric, I think this has been a perfect signing. I think if we paid for like fifty million-ish, I think I would have liked the deal more. However, since we overpaid for this deal, I would say we or we did overpay for this deal. I wouldn't say he's definitely the right signing we need, because I think there are, there are other options out there that we could have gone for. For example, Arsenal they didn't they didn't, they didn't get Modric, and now we're hearing that. They're going from Musa Diaby from like from from Leverkusen, so that just proves to me that um they're just going for other options rather than just overpaying for players that they don't truly need because Arsenal's uh, Arsenal's transfers recently have all been really really thought thought through and really really good because of the performances we've seen on the pitch by William Saliba, for example, Gabriel Gabriel Jesus. And yeah. I think Yeah, so he he is the right signing to an extent. He isn't like, oh, not the right signing like like Jao Felix. Jao Felix, I think, even though he did play well, I don't we need to see consistency from him. So even if Modric does play against Liverpool on, on, in the weekend and he doesn't and he does play well, we need to see consistency first and then we can start talking about oh, did has he performed well? after he's been signed or not, and, and can we, can we keep Felix, or can we, what do we do with these players, if they're playing well, if they're not playing well, uh, yeah, that's basically it for the episode, thank you guys for listening, and I'll catch you guys later in a, in a, in a, in a different episode, That we'll be talking about news, uh, from Chelsea, and FFP, that I mentioned earlier, we'll be talking about FFP, and how Chelsea aren't breaking the FFP rules, Uh, with these signings and yeah I'll catch you guys later Uh, see you